Guys, welcome to the 2020 quarantine edition of the True Tone Lounge, and we are catching up with our good buddy Red Volkart, aka Red Go Kart. Mighty fine. Oh, <laughs> so Red, I uh, really appreciate you, uh, you know, <laughs> being willing to uh, to do this, uh, you know, Skype, you right. know, thing. And uh, you know you, you you're helping uh, keep all of us sane. So uh, so thank you for doing this. Well, I uh, I'm glad I got a brand new Skype. My even my Skype is vintage. I had oh. to and put you off for almost an almost an hour, an hour exactly. Hey, well, it gave my uh, my daughter and I a chance to have some uh, some leftover pizza from last night, and uh, and we and we had a, a sweet little time together. So thank you. Oh, no problem. While I downloaded and reinstalled and I did it about three times to get it right. But, uh, well, it's all, it's all worth it. Not like an amp or anything. Yeah. So the last, the last time we, we talked to you, uh, you know, the interview came out, you know, it was, it was released in January, but we, we taped it, you know, two, like two months before that. Right. And at that point, uh, you were still in Austin. So since then you've moved to Virginia Yes, sir. Yeah. And so how, how is that treating you besides, of course, the current, you know, insanity? Well, it all kind of worked out, but I guess I could have I stayed there if I didn't want to work again. Yeah. In Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I just I wanted to, I, we got a beautiful place out here in the country, got 25 acres and a little town called Galax, so just on the outside of the town and it's a real bluegrass acoustic kind of a community. And uh, I moved here in December. Then I went back to uh, Austin to finish up the rest of the year and uh, with playing and stuff. And so uh, since it came, and then came back here in February and then this virus thing hit. And so I still haven't met anybody or been out of the house hardly at all. So uh, <laughs> all that stuff is uh, real different. And then that's okay. It's all good and everything. I mean, uh, life is wonderful here rains a bit more than texas and it's a hell of a lot cooler um it's already a 95 or 100 there so it'll be like that till october yeah gonna miss any of that and uh there's one bar in my little town and they got a real crappy cover rock band in there on the weekends not anymore but they did when i first moved here so but all right i'll never play there it'll be great uh, (laughs) i still travel and do the road stuff a little bit here and there and yeah, uh, just get out of the bar scene more or less for at least for a while, and until I find other work around the area, you know. But uh, moving out here has been wonderful, and uh, we brought our horses and our donkeys and our dogs and all our stuff with us, and did all that, and went really smooth. And so uh, spend half my days on it. It's not raining. I'm on the tractor cutting grass with a bush hog behind a tractor, and I got a little. A regular ride mower as well, and a weed eater. So, learned how to uh, put in carburetor kits on everything, and uh, just having all kinds of fun with that. And it's awesome. I love it. I'm a 
kind of guy anyway. So I just I just love doing that sort of stuff. So. Well, I'm glad glad to hear that. Yeah, you know, it's you know just uh, finding ways to be you know productive and and yeah, I mean that's that's fantastic. Work, working on the land and you and you have that uh, you know the the feeling of accomplishment. You know, even though you're not out there playing gigs. Picks a fence and it doesn't fall down again. That's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> yeah. So musically, you know, what have you been up to? I mean, have you, have you, as far as, again, during this quarantine time, have, have you been, you know, playing much on your own? Have you been listening to music? What have you been doing musically? Oh, I listen to music, but, you know, same old thing. I only listen to old dead people because I think that's... Yeah up you know <laughs> uh, anything new i usually twitch channels so it's, i just steer away from that and uh luckily my wife plays a little bit of guitar so i can kind of get her cornered and make her play rhythm for me while yeah. i practice some weird goofy stuff and so we do a little bit of that and uh have, that's about it really i mean there's no uh haven't been out well when i first got here i went and saw some old-time music bands and some bluegrass stuff with kind of um, Presley Barker is a guitar player, young kid around here that plays really, really good and sings good. And Wayne Henderson, he's a famous guitar builder guy here. He lives about 30 miles from me. Yes. Before the quarantine really kicked in, uh, I was going to his place quite a bit, just hanging out and sitting around the liar's table listening to those guys. A bunch of old builders all sit around there and job all day and fix guitars once in a while and so that's been awesome and lots of fun there and uh, did a little bit of picking acoustic playing and stuff there but uh where i'm at i'm kind of out of the edge of town so we don't have uh one choice for uh internet and it's uh the worst internet on the planet i think we have three megabytes here uh so I kind of got a feeling that my little studio thing isn't that I had in mind isn't going to pan out quite oh, so until the fiber optic comes in or something. Maybe I guess I don't know. Right, as far as doing remote recording sessions, right. yeah, yeah. So I have to go off to the studio to do stuff here and there, and you know that I can drop box to somebody else or play on their stuff. You know. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you know listening to dead old guys. What what are uh, what are some albums? that uh, have been on high rotation, you know, over the last uh, couple of weeks. The famous always have been. <laughs> Jimmy Bryant, you know, that love that kind of stuff. A lot of you know, Strangers instrumentals, Buckaroos instrumentals, any steel guitar player, uh, all of them. Uh, yeah. Fiddle players, just all kinds of stuff. I, I, I like everything, but, and I listen to a lot of blues too, and, you know, a lot of, uh, some jazzier stuff, some of that, and you know George Barnes. I listen to quite a bit of that kind of style of stuff, and uh, Western Swing, Bob Wills, Johnny Lee Wills. I got all the Tiffany transcription stuff of that, so I've listened to all of that. And wow, pretty hardcore on that stuff. I can't play it, but I love I love it and, and listening yeah. to it. Trying to, I'm hoping Osmosis kicks in on that. But. <laughs> I, I, if if it works for anyone, it'll work for you. <laughs> we'll so, see. yeah, well, not not to get overly philosophical, but you know, you've had uh, one, you know, one you you moved, you know, from a place that you've lived for a while to a much quieter place, and then also on top of that, you've had the current you know situation. 
What do you think, how, how has that changed you or what, you know, have your, has it changed you at all? Like as far as anything that, that uh, the way you think or, or anything else, have you been able to take in at like what Austin means to you now that now that you're able to step away from it, anything? Well, I don't think it's changed me at all other than the fact that I've enjoyed the hell out of not playing seven nights a week and two shifts a day. Yeah. I mean, I've met all my life. When I lived in Nashville, I'd same thing. I'd play two, three shifts a day down there for 11 years I was there. And then, uh, you know, I'd sneak out and go with Merle and that for little road trips and stuff, but it was never more than two weeks at a time. And the rest of the time, I'm slamming it out downtown and, you know, on Broadway or in the alley. And then when I moved to Austin, it was the same thing. I played seven nights a week and two shifts on Saturdays and Sundays, some Fridays. And I did that till I moved pretty much, you know. So yeah. now I'm out here and that's why I moved. I just, I'm a sap for not turning anything down. I figure, shit, I might as well make 40 bucks or whatever it pays than blow that on cable watching a dumb show on TV and not learning anything. So I've been that, that kind of guy all my life. So to uh, back away from it, that was my choice to do that. I, right. You know, because I can't turn nothing down. The phone would ring and say, hey, you want to play at the White Horse Bar at midnight tonight? Pays 40 bucks. You in? Okay. <laughs> know. So I figured I'd find me a place where there's none of that going on. And then that way I can just go do what I want when I want. Still travel and do some. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of duo stuff the last couple of years with Bill Kirchin and uh, Robbie Folks and yeah. my band, a, a Texas band of guys. We do a bunch of festival stuff and vintage guitar shows and things like that. And, and uh, so I'm busy enough doing all of that stuff that I want to do. So I would say making the move hasn't changed me other than the fact that I've appreciated the time off and I get to hang with my wife and, and all our stuff here and animals and deal with all of that. And it's fun and it's great. Uh, that is great. Seeing anything or, or, you know, like dying to get back at it or that kind of thing. You know, I think in that way, I think, uh, nothing changed. I mean, I'm still a practice a bit and play some here and there and different little situations. And, uh, I've been rehearsing with some guys in a little town about an hour away from here called Floyd, Virginia. And there's like a buddy of mine's a bass upright bass player and a drummer. And, uh, so we've been getting together here and there and just sitting around and jamming and, and uh, playing and just having a blast doing that. Just keep my hand in it and all that. Yeah. And, uh, it's really fun, but, so if and when it comes around, well, I'll have that little setup ready to go to, to do some different things. And I got some gigs booked, a bunch of things booked up. But, you know, whether they happen or not, that's another story. So, yeah, you know, there are some gigs booked. But uh, like I say, we don't know, you know, if that's not going to happen or not, you know. Yeah. So this this kind of break from playing where you couldn't take any gigs has that kind of renewed any of your kind of, I don't think you've ever lost your childish love of the guitar, oh, but has, has it kind of renewed in anything or kind of changed things just by having a break from playing? Oh, totally. As far as uh, not being so grumpy about music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you play seven nights a week all the time and, you know, in six different bands, you know, in a, in a month, but doing it, you know, full blast. 
you kind of get a little bit jaded on things. And you, you do a gig and you go, well, I don't like that guy, so maybe I shouldn't do that gig anymore. And this guy's a drunk or, you know, you start yeah. finding things to try and get out of it, I think. <laughs> you know? yeah. So uh, so maybe some of that's gone because it's now it's like, that. Ah, doesn't matter. Yeah. He falls down, he falls down. We just keep playing. <laughs> what, that uh, that reminds me of you know cr- crazy band stories. You know what, what's the uh, best band story where somebody was inebriated or, or high that you can tell without you know getting anyone horribly in trouble? Oh, there's hundreds of them. I mean, yeah. when I was a kid, I played in the these old guy bands when I was you know 13, 14 years old and. You know, they'd be so drunk and and playing in a legion and all these draft beers on the piano and somebody's putting their cigarette butts in the beer while they're yeah. on stage and of course the drunkest guy goes and grabs that beer and chugs it back and a lot of stuff that kind of stuff been yeah. going on since the beginning of first caveman with a telecaster I guess I don't know that's right or or or, or somebody you know uh, tipping their beer into the top of your tweed basement you know. Oh. <laughs> Getting the uh, yeah, I remember yeah having a, a guy pour you know it wasn't a, it wasn't a vintage uh, tweed basement it was one of the reissues but yeah I remember playing a gig where uh, somebody dumped their beer into the top of my amp and yeah it's always your amp you get to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody yeah, I guess to your stuff you know yeah but I guess it, it's part of the game you know yeah where it gets more I go nah that stuff doesn't matter it is what it is you know that's yeah. up. How the dumb young shit learn that stuff is by doing those things and going, "Oops, oops, we did," you know. Yeah, he's guilty of something dumb, you know. Well, because of you, I uh, ended up, you know, trying some blue chip picks, and I and I've, uh, you know, fallen for them. And it's just, it's, it's, you know, it hadn't ruined my life yet, but uh, you know, I got a couple of them. The hooks, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love them. I think they're great on a good yeah. Yeah, I, that's the first time I've had a pick that I could use on acoustic, electric, and 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 and, and mandolin, and they all worked great. Works yeah. great on, and it doesn't wear out in in one night. Yeah, yeah, it's a great pick. So tell tell us about that uh, the guitar. Is that is that the uh, the Esquire that you that you chiseled out and everything? Yeah, hammering a screwdriver to put that pickup in there and a pickup or the pick guard. Uh, Cut it out, I think, with a like a soldering gun, heated it, you know, kind of melted it. I didn't sanded it smooth and got it all right. Yeah. You know. yeah. But this is it. It's a 58 Esquire. Yeah. So right there. And some French cigarettes burned there. Yep. When I was a boy. And uh, yeah, it's kind of beat and got some lines and miles on it and been through a lot. I got this when I was, uh, I want to say, I think it was around 12 years old when I got it. And, uh, of course, it was an Esquire with just the one pickup. I still have the old white guard that came on it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I saved it because uh, a friend of mine uh, back, well, I guess it would have been the mid-70s or something, early 70s, there was a company called Mighty Might. I don't know if they sold yeah. and kept going and folded and whatever. And they were the first, one of the first companies to start making 
sort of semi uh, reissue parts and they made right. knobs and fake Bakelite pick guards. And uh, so we were like, oh, get the stuff we put all our old stuff back in stock, you know? So we ordered a couple of pick guards each and some knobs and stuff. So I wound up with an extra pick guard. And uh, so I thought, I'll just cut it up because it's new and it doesn't matter. And if it doesn't work or sound good, I can always hide everything with the old original white one, except the big hole that's still there. But I can hide yeah. the old guard, you know. So I just kept it guarding and cut this one out and put this pickup in. I had it duct taped in there at first. And, you know, since then, of course, I've cleaned it out with a router and made it look a little more reasonable and and uh, mounted it in properly and those kind of things. But, yeah, that thing's seen quite a bit of stuff. And it's uh, still a great guitar. Fantastic. Yeah. Now that that Charlie Christian is is that the full size Charlie Christian that has like all the mounting stuff on it, or is it one of the smaller? Or is it one of the ones that's been chopped down? It's one of the ones that was out of a lap steel. Okay, okay. Yeah, this one came out of a lap steel uh, that I bought. The pickup was in a store. It was just in a glass showcase, and uh, up in Prince George, British Columbia, yeah. Canada. Uh, I guess I was probably. 15 or something up there and saw that pickup in the store and I thought, ooh, that's a fancy jazz pickup. Kind of Gibson. It was a Gibson. So I wound up getting it. You know, back then it was like 30 bucks, you know. Yeah. Parted around for a while and I thought, I got to do it. I just got to do it. So I chiseled away in here and put it in and still here. Sounds great. It's noisy. You know, it's yeah. a style pickup and stuff, but uh, single coil, pretty pretty good hum to it, but you know, if you turn to the right angle or something, most of it goes away, not all of it, but enough where you can where you can do the gig. Yeah, totally worth it though for me. You yeah, know, I find that kind of noise is turn the volume down off until the song starts and crank it up so you get a little right. for the intro. <laughs> and no no one hears the hum when you're playing. It's just blasting ah, yeah. yeah. your amp, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been a wonderful guitar. Yeah. What what else you got back there? Oh, I got a couple other little goodies. Well, grab grab the strat or the tail. Oh, grab them both or whatever. All right. If you don't mind. Oh. My touching guitars. And. <laughs> this old dog's a pretty cool guitar. Kind of. Was that a 54, 55? 55 Stratocaster. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, Got all the goodies and that, but apparently nice. Bakelite uh, parts instead of the plastic. Right. And uh, most of the time, the things just, well, you pick and wear through the pick, through the covers a lot. You see a lot right. of them are cracked and broken. So yeah. I was lucky to find this one. It had been played some, but not uh, not too much where any of that stuff's broke or cracked. Uh, Pickard's got a little crack in it, but it's good weight, that's, pretty light. But that's it, amazing. Just a really... Super stratty sounding, uh, you know, if you get the switch in the in between settings. I didn't want to hack it up, put a five way in it and, and yeah. uh, unsolder or whatever, change all that stuff. And figure when I croak, then it's worth a bit more being original, you know. So I, yeah. I don't mind playing with the switch to get it to stand in the center, but you get a really, really good springy kind of whatever that sound is. And the neck pickup is real, real, uh, I don't know, 
me. It's more, uh, some guys say real Hendrixy. Yeah. But uh, I don't know any of his songs, so I don't shoot for that. But, uh, <laughs> you know. yeah. But, yeah, for that kind of sound, it's just a fantastic guitar. It's good, uh, good for Western swing rhythm, too. Working yeah. Jamblin'. Yeah. Is that is that one where it still has the the knobs with the short skirt on them? Or are they the kind of the bigger, the more normal size by that point at fifty five? They are the short ones. Yeah, you know if you can see it up close. Yeah. yeah. But they're Green. still the same kind of a knurling, or the little lines on it are the same as the new. Right. So it feels exactly the same. You know, it just looks a little little different because of the. The lip where the numbers are, that skirt, I guess they call it, is is a bit shorter. Right. So looks wise, you kind of go, it doesn't look like all the 60s, 70s ones I've seen before. But, right. Uh, yeah. And I've had it repreted. The press were shot when I got it, you know. So I had a guy repreted for me. And Austin, Ed Reynolds was real good prep work and put a new nut and new frets. And other than that, it's all, all there. Wow. Yeah, good guitar. And uh, there's another 55. <laughs> That's a nice 55 white guard. Yeah, pretty awesome. It's got a nice V-neck on it. Yeah. Thick, which is great, but it's super light. And uh, I don't know if you can see the the bird's eyes in the, in the back. Hey. Yeah, you can see some figuring. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, for, I think they just, maybe, I don't know if they're looking for that stick to go, hey, let's use that one, or they just haven't put onto it when they were making them back then, because some are figured, some aren't. But it's yeah. a good, super light one. Sounds good. The back pickup is uh, the earlier pickup, like the uh, the Blackguards. It doesn't have the uh, raised V-string magnet. Yeah. It's all flat. And surprisingly, the neck pickup sounds great on this thing. I mean, it's still wired the, the old crappy way. So you got in the front, you got all mud, and then the, that's the neck pickup. So same yep. with the strap, you can kind of get it locked in the middle, and you can get both of them together. And yeah, it's a wonderful guitar as well. Same. I'm a '58, and I got two '55s. How about that? That's that's fantastic. Model on my hand. Wow. Not just my Skype is old and outdated. <laughs> Red. That was that was awesome. So uh, so we hope that uh, you know gigs uh, you know will uh, will will happen later this year and uh, and. Yeah, we uh, we're just you know glad glad we can uh, get an update from you and uh, always always great yeah always great to hear you. and uh, almost you know I started off the show by by you know min, you know calling you Red Go Kart and that that was from you know when when Harold of the the Statler brothers you know passed away you kind of you told more about the the story of uh, of them asking you to play and you insisting on on Harold asking you as the road hog. Yeah, and, he wanted his signature on my guitar strap, and he wouldn't yeah. at first. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I'm sure there's still a lot of road hog bands out there, but uh, he didn't read my little 
blurb I put it on Facebook, like a little story about it was, uh, yeah, I was playing with Rhonda Vincent at the time and, and she had a country record out was pr promoting that. And, and, uh, we did a tour with, uh, Statler brothers opening for them that uh, summer. And, uh, the guitar player, Jerry, his best buddy had died unexpectedly. And so he had to go home in a panic and hurry to help the widow with the funeral and all this stuff. So, uh, they had asked me if I would fill in because I was already there in Rhonda's band and said, hey, you know, easy gig. You probably can do it. You want to do it? And I said, yeah, I'll do it if Roadhog signs my guitar strap. And uh, Jimmy Fortune and, and uh, Don said, nah, he won't do it. You know, he's just so wore out on the Roadhog thing that it became such a popular deal that the band, that people kept asking for Roadhog on Sapper's gigs. And he's yeah. like, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. So I don't want anything to do with it. I'm out, you know, forget it. So they said, he's kind of like that. And he, I don't think he'll do it. And I said, well, get you somebody else. Then. You guys are famous. Call somebody else, you know? So, uh, come on, man. You got to do it. I said, no, why would I? I got a good job with Rhonda here. Open for you guys. We're all safe. <laughs> Like, wow, what a freak, you, know? <laughs> you were playing hardball. Oh, yeah. I love it. But I, I thought, why not? They're in a pickle. That's just a yeah. signature. Who cares, you know? So, yeah. But they were like, no, you don't, we don't want to make them mad. Kind of. It's what, they didn't say that. But I kind of got that feeling like we don't want to piss them off because he's a bear. You know? Yeah. I thought, hell with them. Why not? You know, it's been long yeah. enough. Yeah. So, fair enough. He'd come around. He said, yeah, he'd do it. And, and uh, it was just an awesome experience, the whole, that trip with them. We'd be in a restaurant, staying at the same hotel, and the next morning, you, you know, I'd be here from behind me in the booth behind me. They'd all come in and sit down, and some of Rhonda's band, we'd be already had our breakfast, and they'd come down, and you hear that voice in the background, yeah, ma'am, uh, ISMH, side of bacon, and uh, it's a biscuit and gravy, too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> his voice is just massive sounding and it sounded the same live and I was just like a guinea little kid this is old you know just goober over the thing you know? yeah. so but I, I love the it was just awesome you know yeah. but I love the fact that he that he you know went whole hog oh. and he and he and he called you red go-kart Oh, that was the best part. Of it. Yeah, and he signed the strap. I still have the strap. It says Red Bill Card. You yeah. is good. Yeah, who is good? That's the Roadhog Moran, and then of course he signed Harold Reed underneath it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was an awesome experience, and, and I got to play with those. Wow, what a bunch of great singers, all of them. You know, yeah. fantastic. I was sad to see a guy like him go. You know. But yeah. Was was he kind of, Yeah. Was he kind of the, the the leader in a way, or, or was he and his brother? Or, or I think it was him and his brother. I think uh, Phil, the other singer, the uh, I guess he would be the the one I'm lower than Jimmy, right? Soprano, tenor, something like that. And he was yeah. kind of the business guy of the deal. And okay. I think Don and uh, Harold, the brothers, were ran the rest of it. But I think Don did probably the bulk of it, and Harold was their mascot comedian, uh, you know, ramrod kind of guy as well, you know. So yeah. They all had a hand in it. And, but yeah. yeah, really, really nice people and easygoing and 
you know, up until that little event when, where Jerry, the guitar player, had to leave, it was they were nice as pie to us, and it was great. Everything was first class, and watching their show was run so smooth how they did everything, and I learned a bit of stuff off of them just watching how they did everything, you know. And yeah. uh, it was awesome, you know. All right. Well, we better go, Red. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk with me. It was uh, it was fabulous. Uh, glad to see you in Virginia. Glad to see you. You kind of renewing, uh, you know, kind of your your love of of music. And uh, I look forward to when you're gonna get back out there again, and we can see you play. So I look forward to it too myself, and uh, I hope everybody else watching uh, don't lose any hope. It's got to come back somehow. There's a will. There's a way. Yes, sir. They start with a duo, build up from there again, but that's still music. It's all good. Still music. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, Red, and have a wonder have a wonderful rest of your week. You too. Thank you, Zach.